The hymn is on your blue sheet. Is that the tough one? Nope. No, it's not the tough one. Last week was the tough one. Um, this one is actually easy to sing, and Pastor Rune has declared it his new favorite hymn. So, pretty, uh, pretty high... Uh, remarks for this particular hymn. Um, the hymn, Now Lay We Calmly in the Grave. Uh, it's a Reformation hymn, going back to Michael Weiss, born in Silesia. Uh, he was a pastor among the Bohemian Brethren, uh, pretty close to uh, uh, Lutheran, uh, probably a, a little pre-pietism that kind of goes with the Bohemian Brethren, but, you know, at the time there was a Reformation going on. There was a lot of things that uh, people needed to uh, uh, know. Uh, Luther wasn't too concerned about their uh, differences. He was a contemporary with, uh, with Luther, as you can see, 1531. Um, Again, this is not a hymn that is in any of modern hymnals that we have. Uh, I don't have any particular write-ups that go with it, so I'm uh, doing my own original research. The only thing I did find is that um, the Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne uh, produced uh, from the Evangelical Lutheran Hymn Book. It was found in the 1927 uh, hymn book that was produced. Uh, they put the words, uh, reprinted the words uh, so that they could be used, and they designated stanza eight as written by Luther. Um, I, I don't know where. I tried to do some research. I don't know where that uh, came from, but uh, uh, one through seven by uh, Michael Weiss and Martin Luther being the author of the stanza eight all of it translated by uh, Winkworth, as, as usual, Catherine Winkworth. So let's take a look. Um, fits with the uh, reading for today, which is the raising of the uh, only son in Nain as they're coming out of the uh, city. So here we have a hymn dealing with raising from the dead. Now lay we calmly in the grave... This form whereof no doubt we have, that it shall rise again that day, in glorious triumph or decay. So, uh, it directs us that uh, going to our grave is not a cause for concern. That also has been uh, defeated by my, our Lord. And so as it says, it's like uh, laying yourself down to go to sleep. Lay we calmly in the grave. Um, that's, that's what we do. Uh, even the pastor and congregation go to the graveside and uh, uh, tuck the body in that it might uh, await. Uh, return. It does speak of this form, what we have been given. We've been given a, uh, uh, a body, uh, unlike the angels or unlike others. Uh, but uh, this form that we have, hum human form, uh, no doubt, as it says, it will rise again. Or as uh, the prophet Job tells us that... Uh, with my own eyes, I shall see him. You know, the form I have is the form I will receive. Paul does tell us uh, about that as well, though, uh, that that there will be a uh, resurrected body or, or perishable than imperishable. So uh, it'll be this body and yet without the corruption of sin. Stanza two, and so to earth again we trust. What came from dust and turns to dust. And from the dust shall surely rise. 
When the last trumpet fills the skies. So, stanza two, the emphasis is upon the dust. Uh, what do we know about the creation of Adam? Made from the dust. What do we know uh, was the curse uh, that goes with sin? To dust you are, to dust you shall return. And so this uh, uh, threat of God that uh, the day you read of it, you shall surely die. So we see uh, the return to dust. Uh, came from dust, it returned to dust. Um, and as it says here, so uh, as we go to earth again, we trust that what? It will rise. God will bring this dust back to life again. And it speaks of the last trumpet. Uh, this will be at the end of days. First uh, Thessalonians 4, verse 16. The Lord himself will come down from trumpet from heaven and with a shout and with the last trumpet call of God it says that all will rise not just believers but unbelievers as well three his soul is living now in God whose grace his pardon hath bestowed who through his son redeemed him here From bondage unto sin and fear. Psalm 56 says that you have delivered my soul from death. Here we have that soul that is living. uh, As it speaks about the one who has believed in Christ and is now being uh, uh, buried it says his soul is, is right now living. He'll be with me today in paradise. Um, and so we have a, a living soul as Adam was uh, given. Uh, the one who has received pardon, the one who has been redeemed from Christ. Um, and so uh, there is no bondage unto sin and fear uh, for after death the soul lives. What else do we know about the one who has passed on His trials and his griefs are past. A blessed end is his at last. He bore Christ's yoke and did his will. And though he died, he liveth still. So, to say that the one who has passed on, yes, in this world there are still trials, there are still grief, um, but for the one who has gone, those things are past. He finally has that uh, goal, that end, the place that he was seeking at last, and it is a blessed end. Um, what is about this yoke? Uh, it speaks about bearing Christ's yoke. What is that? Jesus talked about it. Is what? Christ tells somebody to pick up your yoke and follow me. Yes, He does. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Um, you will find rest for your souls. It goes on to say. What now? I'm sorry, you both talking. I can only get one. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Right. Right. Just remember that as you go through your daily life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the yoke. That's the yoke. It is. It is. And so, uh, to be with Christ, along comes then uh, other things. Uh, but. He says, no, compared to all that I'm going to give you and all, uh, it is easy, it is light. Uh, he has forgiven. Uh, and, and, and so, what do we do? Well, yes, we trust in Christ. That, that, that is to follow the will of, of, of God. Stanza five. He lives where none can mourn and weep. 
And calmly shall this body sleep. Till God shall death himself destroy. And raise it into glorious joy. So, how did death get destroyed? Uh, God's going to destroy death. Unusual way. Through death. He might destroy death. Hebrews 2 tells us. Um, and yet, the, that being said, we still see the outward uh, uh, trappings of, of death in which it says that death is the last enemy that finally will be set aside. Um, and so it will be swallowed up in victory, uh, this glorious joy. Uh, but till then, there is a, a, a sleep. The body waits until that time when uh, all that death has done will be undone, I guess. Six, he suffered pain and grief below. Christ heals him now from all his woe. For, for him hath endless joy begun. Last line, he shines in glory like the sun. Last line, he shines in glory like the sun. So, here pain and grief, but the Lord uh, heals him from all that. The joy has already begun. What about this line? He shines in glory like the sun. It's a quote from Jesus. Matthew 13. The righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Uh, and so here it, it speaks of the believer that shines out like the sun. Seven. Then let us leave him to his rest. And homeward turn, for he is blessed. And we must well our souls prepare when death shall come to meet him there. Pastor Ruin mentioned coming in. Uh, he said all this uh, funeral nonsense about the celebration of life. Um, that's that's the key words now. Everybody wants to uh, uh, go to a funeral and not talk about death. They want to talk about the celebration of life. Um, most of the time, that life is the earthly life. Most of the time, it's talking about all the, you know, you might say, looking back uh, but the Christian funeral is the one, if we're talking about life, it's the one that is to look forward. As it says here, uh, well, I think we ought to let the boy rest in peace. <laughs> um, we ought to know that. Uh, this is not our concern at this point. We ought to turn for home. Uh, he's the one who's blessed. We are not yet. Um, and so we rejoice that he is completed his race uh, that the Lord has provided for him. As it goes on to say, we need to make this a our concern that we well our souls prepare. Well prepare our souls. That would be from Christ. Because when death comes, we will meet this one, this believer who has gone before us uh, once again. Stands eight. Then help us, Christ, our hope in loss. Thou hast redeemed us by thy cross. From endless death and misery. We praise, we bless, we worship thee. And so... Uh, who do we turn to in the midst of all of this? Well, our preparation is that our hope is in Christ. Um, he is the one who has accomplished the victory. He is the one who has uh, uh, redeemed us by the cross. He is the one who is making sure to give us uh, the uh, uh, release 
uh, we were going to have endless life, not the death that keeps going on here, not the misery that's here, but the endless joys. Um, and so, uh, we ought to praise Christ uh, for having defeated death. Questions, comments? I think Jane likes this one too. Jane? What now? It's a hymn of victory. It is a hymn of victory, yes. Um, without the... Uh, uh, but while dealing with the reality and the truth of the stuff of this world, yeah. But, but saying, yeah, I know. I know, but there's victory. Okay, stanza number one. Now may we calmly in the grave This form whereof no doubt we have That it shall rise again that day In glorious triumph or decay Alright, sing the rest of that in just a few moments. We took a look at the first article of the Creed last time. We're moving on to the second article of the Creed. Uh, It's on page 13 and 14 in your little booklet. The first article deals with creation. The second article uh, of redemption. Uh, Redeem means to buy back. We had been uh, sold into sin by our disobedience. We had been tricked into uh, slavery to another master. Uh, That debt has been paid. Uh, The price is paid. And we have been bought back. Uh, We have a new Lord, a new uh, master. Uh, The second article, the first article tells us about the maker of heaven and earth. The second, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. You see, kind of going back and forth between uh, the eternal Son of God and the human nature of, of Jesus. And so, we see that this Jesus, who is designated as the Christ, uh, the Anointed One, the One who was promised long ago. He is the only Son of the Father, that is, divine nature, uh, but He is also our Lord, and so we look to Him uh, as the One who is the uh, One who has brought us back, the Savior, if you will. Uh, Luther, in the large catechism, says, what does it mean to have Jesus as our Lord? Well, not as the boss man. Luther says to have him as our Lord is none other than to have him as our Savior. That's exactly what that means. That he has bought us back and he has saved us. And so here, uh, it goes on to say, he was conceived by the Holy Ghost from eternity, has always been true God. Uh, uh, He was born of the Virgin Mary, um, uh, conceived uh, with a human nature, born of the Virgin Mary in time, uh, that he might become true God and true man. What did he do? We go on to see he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. So, first of all, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. Uh, Pilate was the Roman governor. He is the one to whom the Jews brought Jesus and said, we want him crucified. What did Pilate think of Jesus? He he was innocent. He hadn't hadn't done anything wrong. Um, So, did he let him go? Why not? Hmm? He was. Uh, um, And so this is not a matter of of innocence and guilt. This is a matter of him fearing for losing his position. Uh, And so uh, uh, he was uh, sent to the cross. 
crucified. He died there. Uh, They took him down from the cross and they buried him on that Friday. Uh, He suffered the wages of sin is death. He took our death upon himself. He didn't need to die. He was without sin. He did it for our benefit. Uh, We refer to him as having descended into hell sometime in between his burial and his resurrection. Uh, There he goes on a victory parade to declare that he is the one, uh, both uh, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. He did what he claimed that he was to do, though uh, they had rejected him. He came showing that he was the one. The third day, that would have been Easter Sunday, rose again from the dead to show us that death had no power over him. And uh, thus, he can provide that resurrection for us as well. He ascended into heaven after appearing over a period of 40 days, uh, appearing, disappearing. Uh, He bodily ascends up into heaven so that they know that he's not going to show himself in that way again, but showing that he is, well, the ascended king, the king who ascends up into heaven. The one who came down from heaven goes back uh, uh, victorious. What does it mean that he is seated or sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty? Why is he sitting? to the creation account where there were six days and God did his work of creating heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested. Our Jesus has, it is finished. He's completed it. When you sit down, you're done with your work. And as you say, where is he seated? Well, because of his work, he's on the throne. He's at the right hand. He is the, you know, uh, uh, given the position of, of, of honor beyond uh, uh, anyone else. Uh, and so uh, there he is. There are occasional times uh, that you see, um, uh, I think it is Stephen, whenever he uh, uh, look, gets, gets to view into heaven, uh, that Jesus is standing <laughs> uh, um, for his martyr. But uh, most of the time it has the, uh, the one who is seated for or his job is completed, and, and we might trust in it. From thence, from that place, he will once more uh, return. And thus, both those who are left living, they will be changed. Uh, those who are dead will, will rise from the dead. Uh, those who are believers uh, will have eternal life. Uh, those who have rejected him will have eternal death. It teaches us with the second article who Jesus Christ is, what he has done, and and what he has provided for us. All right, what does this mean? Answer, repeat after me. I believe that Jesus Christ, Christ, true God begotten of the Father from eternity, And also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. So, he is my Lord. He is my Savior. That is the one, the one who is true God and true man, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, Purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil. So, why did I need to be bought, bought back, redeemed? Because I was lost. Uh, I had been condemned because of my just uh, uh, sin, uh, that I was to die. This is what he did. He purchased 
he won me uh, back from sins, from death, from the power of the devil. How did he do it? Answer, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood. And with his innocent suffering and death. So, wasn't the payment price of precious metals? Uh, he did it with his blood, his shedding of his blood uh, for us. We'll be talking about uh, next week as well, we'll be talking about not only his uh, active obedience of keeping the law, but a particular. Er, his passive obedience of keeping the law, no, his active obedience of keeping the law, and his passive obedience of allowing them to punish him that he uh, suffers on our behalf. And so we here have his innocent suffering and death in taking the payment uh, price that, that, that we deserved. Why does he do all this? That I may be his own. So, he wants us. There is a great love for us that we might belong to him, that we might be his own. Um, That uh, uh, the one who uh, wants uh, to marry us, to take us to be his own, uh, this is what he does for us. And live under him in his kingdom. His kingdom is the church, and he wishes that we might live free as children of God in his church. We then would not be in bondage to sin. No, we could say no to it. We would not be in bondage to fear of death or or the devil or any of these things. No, they can't harm me. Um, uh, And so, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I'm a child of God. I'm a baptized child of God. None of that can harm me. And so... Uh, Therefore, I live uh, uh, free in Christ. And serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. And so, uh, as uh, Jesus himself said, you can't serve both God and mammon. Uh, When we have been set free, we've been set free to serve God. We serve him in righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Even as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, this is most certainly true. So all of this, how do I know? Because death couldn't hold Jesus in the grave. Just as he is risen from the dead, and that is our hope, we know that we too will rise from the dead. All right. Light the altar candles and we'll begin. Page 224, please stand. O Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. May be seated. The reading is on the back. It is from Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. 
Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. This is God's word. Our hymn, Now Lay We Calmly in the Grave. Redeemed us by thy cross from 
Chapter 7. They're at the city called Nain. There's two crowds. There's a large crowd. Uh, went with many of his disciples. So Jesus is out preaching and teaching. Their disciples are with him. The crowds are following. And there is this group, and they're going into uh, the city. When they come near to this gate of the city, behold, that's always the uh, attention get. Behold, you know, uh, um, uh, their their shepherds are out watching their fields. Behold, angels came. Um, what is behold? Let us know. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. It sounds like surprise. It sounds like, uh, um, uh, oh, look at what happened. What are the odds? (coughs) (coughs) You think it's a lucky incident? By chance? Hmm. One large crowd going in, another large crowd coming out. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, Whoa, look! There's a dead man. He's being carried out. Um, When someone died, usually the same day, um, or if it happened that night, it would be, you know, the the next day kind of thing, Um, you would bury him. Uh, Saros, I think, is the Greek term. Sometimes they'd call it a beer, B-I-E-R, or, yeah, um, which is simply a term for an open coffin. Um, they didn't use, the, 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 the Jews didn't use coffins, really, closed coffins, so, so, but, but we, I don't know if we know what you know, the other is. So here it calls it an open coffin. Uh, they, they didn't bury people in the ground. Uh, you put them in a cave of sorts um, and so uh, that that open coffin uh, is the thing that you was the, 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 the means of carrying. So it's open on top uh, the body's wrapped up, you take the body out, you set it on the uh, shelf as it is inside of the grave. So they're carrying this um, man out um, what do we find? Well, first of all it's a sad situation. It's a funeral. And so uh, uh, to have a whole group of people, you know, it could be a wedding, could be a party, could be... No, it's a funeral and someone has died. That's not all. The person who has died is, well, a child or the son of his mother. Um, and not just the son... Third, it's the only son. Uh, The only son. And, if that's not enough, fourth, she's a widow. They've been this way before. There was another group. They buried her husband. I don't know how long ago. but uh, And so now, this is a a woman who does not have a husband, who does not have a, a, a child, and is left all alone. A large crowd from the city was with her in her grief, a very loving thing that they might do. When the Lord saw her, it said, he had compassion on her. Hmm, compassion. Do you think he has to ask a whole bunch of questions? You know, who is this? What's going on? He sees the situation. Uh, if he doesn't make use of his own uh, 
empowers us, the Son of God, it would be quite easy to see, you know, normally the family goes before or after the coffin, you look and you see one person, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. But the very first thing we find is he had compassion. What is that? Compassion. The word for compassion. In, 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 in English, we talk about calm with and passion suffering with. Uh, um, you know, to put yourself in someone else's shoes, uh, to ache for them. Uh, in the Greek, this particular uh, verb, to have compassion, uh, comes from uh, a noun. Uh, sometimes we have verbs built upon nouns, splagnomai. Um, the splagna is, is your innards. <laughs> it, it is your, your, your liver, your stuff, all your stuff, your insides. Um, it is none other than to say his guts ached for her. That's what it's referring to. Uh, um, it, it, it is where you are overcome uh, uh, deep down inside. And that's what we see with our Lord as he sees the situation. Why is our Lord overcome by this? Why is he so moved? Do you think of God as, as as having feelings for us? Of course, he does. Yeah. He loves us so much. Yeah. And so, how much it hurts him when we are hurting or when we are sinning? Okay. Um, it, we have no idea. <clears throat> And, and so we see already at the beginning his, you know, running after Adam and Eve. Uh, we see even with Cain and Abel that, that he's trying to turn Cain from his sin. I mean, his great love to try to get people to be with him. Um, and here we see our Jesus and his great love for us, his seeing our situation. Now, the wages of sin of death. Uh, um, did, did the mother sin? Did the little boy sin? Yeah, were they probably unthankful? and Yeah, the same way that we are. But he has compassion. Um, we, we do have a couple other instances where Jesus raises from the dead. Who would that be? Lazarus was in the tomb four days, but he said he had, you know, Lazarus loved him. Uh, uh, and so he goes for a friend. Second one? Jairus' daughter. daughter, in which the uh, uh, comes and he says, oh, you don't have to come, you know. Uh, uh, um, no, say the word, yes. Um, and Jesus says the word, uh, your son lives, your son lives. Uh, okay, and with this one, though, we have what? We've got nothing. We don't know that he ever saw this person before. Do we know anything about the son or the You know, we don't know about faith. We don't know about anything. I mean, we assume they're in this town of Nain. We assume there's a Jewish family that trust, but we don't know anything. But we do know that the compassion of Jesus for this one makes his heart go out to her for her situation. Death wrecks a lot. Um, it takes away life. You know, a, a mother shouldn't bury her son. Um, that's, that's not the way it usually goes. And so in all these instances, we find uh, the great love of, of Jesus for us, his great care for us. Uh, Jesus sees this situation. Uh, why has he come? 
He's come down from heaven to give us life. Here is death. He is going to reveal that he is Lord over death. That he can give life. And that's what he does. He says to the woman, do not weep. She's already weeping. She's already crying. Um, Be a good reason to weep. Um, I know sometimes you have to tell people it's all right. Um, Well, I know I shouldn't be crying, Pastor. I go, well, this is a pretty good time to cry. Um, Right right now. Yep. Um, But when Jesus tells us, do not weep, he's giving her a reason. He's telling her there's something. Something must be different because Jesus would not go up to a woman who is bearing her son and tell her, oh, don't cry. Um, No. He's getting ready to do that very thing. This is a promise. He comes. He touches the open coffin. Uh, The coffin is carrying the dead body. When he touches it, uh uh-oh, he would be rendered unclean. Um, this They know. Everybody knows. Um, you might say the shock, uh, uh, particularly of a religious man who knows these kind of things. Um, but that's exactly what he does. And they stood still. They stopped. And he spoke. Young man, I say to you, arise. Young man, we know just a little bit about uh, the relative age. Uh, he's a young man of sorts. Jesus speaks to him as if he's going to hear him. He speaks to him as if he is just sleeping. Um, and <laughs> Jesus does it by his word. Uh, his word is powerful. Uh, His word can do exactly what it says. And so, he who was dead, it says he sat up and began to speak. Um, Yes. Uh, Jesus, by his word, shows that he can overcome all of this, even by his words. He's not done, though, it says. And he presented him to his mother. Evidently, the uh, particularly the compassion uh, of a mother and a child, he says, "No, I'm I'm going to give you back." It's a mutual uh, uh, benefit. Um, the mother takes care of the child. Uh, the child then grows to take care of the mother, um, and so uh, Jesus restores the relationship. Uh, he overcomes death. He shows that he has power. Uh, the death parade gets stopped. The life parade makes it go away. Instead of everyone becoming unclean, all of a sudden everyone is alive. And Jesus has accomplished his purpose. He has done it in the midst of the crowd as well. Uh, yeah, there were times in which he wanted to teach his disciples, particularly at the end. Uh, but many of the other times, uh, these things that he did. They were not meant as show itself, but they were to show and reveal who he was. And so he, yes, needed to, as the Messiah, reveal his compassion, reveal his love, his power to bring life, so that the people might know it, the people might see it. And they all saw it. What's the first response? Fear. Then fear came upon all. What's this fear thing? They realize they're in the presence of God. They do. Oh, so this is just a little reverence kind of awe thing. This is probably falling on the ground. This is, yes. Um, hmm. God's. We're all going to die now. Here he came to bring life, and immediately we see this and go, oh, this is bad. Um, Why? You looked in the face of God. I got to see God. Um, I realized my sin. I realized that the death that happened there, you know, I deserve. Now, listen, God, I always knew there was a God. I always knew that he knew. But, But 
now he's there. I, he's right here. This is the one, and he has the power over death. Um, yes, this, there, there is great fear. Uh, again, I don't think this is just a, uh, uh, oh, this is a, uh, kind of a special guy. No, they realize, uh, you would say, the, the presence Maybe in the way of the supernatural, if you want to talk. He's talking in the Old Testament. Yeah. They, they, they do something that the Pharisees never do. They fear God rather than loathe him. Yes. The Pharisees always loathe Jesus when he did a miracle. Interesting. These people know Isaiah 42. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, fear is the first thing. What's the next thing? Glorified God. They glorified God. Um, and again, it appears that uh, it came upon all. That is, uh, now we've got two crowds, and all of them, uh, uh, having uh, come to realize who this is, uh, the next thing is to glorify God, to give thanks to God, to praise him uh, for, for what is done. Are they recognizing Jesus himself uh, as, as, as God, or are they thanking God the Heavenly Father for, for sending Jesus? Well, they began to say a few things. A great prophet has risen up among us. In the Old Testament, uh, they met with God. They saw God on the mountain. Uh, how did that go when they saw God on the mountain? They all ran away. Um, finally, they tell Moses, you know, you go talk to God and then talk to us. We, we don't want to, you know, the, the fear. Absolutely, you got the same. It's a, it's, it's a perfect illustration of, of what you have. Um, you go talk to God and, 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 and as such. Um, God tells Moses uh, that he is going to send them uh, a great prophet. It will be a great prophet like Moses. But when that great prophet comes, you have to hear his words. You have to listen to his words. If you won't listen to his words, you'll have no salvation. Uh, these are those words, the great prophet. This is the one uh, in which uh, uh, has visited his people. Um, Apart from him, there is no salvation. Uh, if nothing else, this is, a, you know, it's not just any brother, a great problem. Well, yeah, but how close? It's the one, the one who is, is God come in the flesh. And God has visited his people. Why does God visit? Why, uh, why does he go to visit his people? Two possibilities. Yeah, um, you know, there is God, you know, be, be careful, God will come to visit you. I mean, he's come to punish you. He's come to bring you his wrath. Um, you know, he's come to execute his judgment. Or he comes to bring salvation. Uh, this is God has come to visit his people to bring them life. Look what's going on. Uh, death is being undone. Uh, God is doing what he has, has promised. Last response. This report goes out. It goes out far and wide uh, that they might know this Jesus who has, by his words, uh, able to overcome uh, death. Comments? Questions? All right. You got your red or your pink sheet uh, to recite our word by word. Move on. Help me with the Ten Commandments, Pastor, Apostles' Creed, Karn, Lord's Prayer, uh, Leanne, Baptism, Dan, Jane, to do confession, 
sacrament of the altar, Cecil. Please stand. The Ten Commandments teach what we are to do. The law of God reproves all sin and brings God's wrath. The law requires the entire confidence of the whole heart of man. In repentance, we acknowledge our sin, that there is no good in us. Without faith in Jesus Christ, all are utterly lost. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Christian baptism, word connected with the word, is truly God's own work received by faith, that it might impart salvation and comfort us in affliction. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. It is the proper use of the gospel to believe the absolution of our sins and to be assured that they are forgiven us without any merit of our own through Christ, and that when we believe the words of absolution, we are assured to reconcile to God as if we heard a voice from heaven. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul. We approach the sacrament in order to receive the treasure of Christ's body and blood. 
sacrament is given as daily food and nourishment, by which faith may prepare and recover its strength against attack and temptation. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, we pray that your grace may always go before and follow after us, that we may be continually given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.